Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Hello, and welcome to episode three of our series on Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Today, we'll be taking a closer look at the structure and form of this classic Gothic novel. In particular, we'll be paying attention to the narrative's structure and style. Structure is important because it acts as the skeleton of a book. Without a decent structure, the flesh and muscles created by a story's content would be useless or simply incomprehensible. Structure gives us, as readers, clues about how we should read a piece of writing, as well as organising how and when we get key information. Usually, when we talk about structure, we are talking about the following: one, point of view. This simply determines whether a story is told from the first, second, or third person. Different perspectives influence the telling of the story. They can make it personal or impersonal, believable or untrustworthy. Two, chronology. This determines how and when a story unfolds. A story with a straightforward chronology will be told from beginning to end, whereas a more complicated chronology may skip back and forward in time to either increase mystery or provide information as and when it's needed. Three, style. This one's simple. It's the manner in which the story is told. There are so many different styles that it would be hard to list them all here. Think about all the different books you've read. What kind of styles can you identify? The ways in which these three elements are combined can have a huge impact on how we react to a narrative. Consider this example: A man is walking down the street. While walking, he slips on a slab of ice and falls on the bonnet of a car, denting it. The owner of the car gets out and starts yelling at the man, who begins to cry. That's our narrative. Now let's restructure it. And see what changes. You could tell the story in the form of two police reports, one from the point of view of the man walking down the street, and another from the owner of the car. Chronologically, it would follow events from A to B, but repeated a second time as the second man had his say. The writing style would be formal and clear, giving us access to the heads of the men involved. Alternatively, you might tell the story from the third person using an omniscient narrator. Rather than going from A to B, you could tell the story from B to A, starting with the man crying while the other yells at him. How does this affect the story? It makes it more mysterious for one. We don't know why the man is crying, but knowing that the story will provide it as we move back through the chronology of events. Creates suspense for us as readers. The omniscient narrator hovering above the scene also ensures we see every part of the narrative, rather than being limited to the parts that are important to the slipping man and car owner. It even lets us see the mischievous little girl who put the slab of ice there in the first place. Hopefully, that's helped you see how structure and style influence a reader's impression of a narrative. And how different styles and structures can be harnessed by the authors to create specific effects. Next, let's take a look at Frankenstein specifically, 
and the structures and styles that Shelley uses throughout the novel. Frankenstein is a key text for anyone looking to understand the Gothic genre. It uses several of what we now identify as key Gothic tropes, including unreliable narration, the epistolary form, and an embedded narrative. In this episode, we're going to take a closer look at these three structures and consider how they influence the telling of the story and the impact that story has on us as readers. Let's start with unreliable narration. More specifically, let's define what makes a narrator unreliable in the first place. An unreliable narrator is someone whose credibility has been compromised in some way. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're liars, however. They may have an emotional connection to the telling of the story, which means we're not given a balanced view. Or they may simply not have all the facts, and therefore leave important information out of their telling by accident. In Gothic fiction, often a narrator's unreliability comes from their inability to fully comprehend, and therefore explain, the events that they are recounting. Remember how we mentioned the sublime in a previous episode? That sense of being overwhelmed and confronted with something greater than yourself is often at the core of Gothic unreliable narration. The unreliable narrator is a key element of Gothic fiction because they often act as the primary source of mystery or suspense in the text. Either through misunderstanding or misdirection, they keep us as readers away from the truth, making us feel uncertain as to what is true and what is false. In Frankenstein, the narrative is delivered to us first through the letters of Captain Walton, and then through Walton's recounting of Frankenstein's own story. As a result, we as readers are several steps away from the true, untampered-with story for most of the novel. As a reader, being that far from the truth should immediately trigger warning bells in your mind. Ask yourself, how much can you trust what's being said and what's being hidden from you? This feeling of uncertainty is often exploited by authors to create unease and set up future reveals. After the unreliable narrator, one of the most common structures in Gothic writing is the epistolary form. Epistolary means in the form of letters, but it can also be extended to include different kinds of written document. The epistolary form is often used to lend an air of truth and believability to a novel. Formal documents, even fictional ones, make the reader feel comfortable and like they're engaging with an authority on the subject. However, within the Gothic genre, the epistolary form is undermined and sometimes used as another way to misdirect and conceal the truth. Frankenstein begins and ends with a series of letters between Captain Walton and his sister. In the letters, Walton aims to rationalise Frankenstein's bizarre tale as related to Walton, and in doing so, further confuses and hides the truth from us, the readers. The use of letters, and the way Walton describes his desire to speak with Frankenstein further, should make it clear to us as readers that he is a man who feels an inherent need to communicate and make connections with other people. Think about this in relation to the wider themes of the novel. Who else strongly desires communication and connection? We'll discuss that more in a future episode. The final of our three key structures within Frankenstein is the embedded narrative. Simply put, a framed narrative is a story within a story, in the case of this novel, 
Captain Walton is framing the story of Victor Frankenstein within his letters and the story of his travels towards the North Pole. Within Frankenstein's own story, there is the story of the monster himself and how he came to be. Within that story is the story of the de Lacy family, who the monster observed in secret. That's a lot of stories within stories. But this series of framings points us towards a key theme of the novel, the perfect, harmonious family unit. As we peel back the layers of narrative and move outwards from the de Lacy's to the monster, to Frankenstein and finally Walton, you can see how family and harmony are constant and troubling subjects. The monster was abandoned by the person who gave birth to it. Frankenstein's remaining family is destroyed by the monster he created, and Walton's family is out of reach, accessible only through letters. It's been argued by some critics that framing the story in this way can also be read as an attempt to represent a disturbing or distorted pregnancy. The central story of the monster infects and damages the other layers of the text, be they the de Lacy family, Frankenstein's life, or Walton's own explorer ambitions. So, as you can see, there is a lot to untangle in Frankenstein, and the structures and forms used by Shelley to tell that story work as an excellent starting point for literary analysis. As we move through the chapters of the novel, consider structure and style constantly. Ask yourself how they are influencing the storytelling and how it would be different without them. That's all for this episode. Next time, we're going to spend more time with the main characters of the novel and build on what we discussed today. See you then. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.